we approach the Christmas season just next week. It's fast coming upon us. We're reminded of the birth of our Savior. This morning I felt it appropriate to bring a message concerning some events taking place around the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 25. When you find your place, Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. If you are able, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. The Word of God says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time of year that we are reminded that you sent your son into this world. Father, we ask that you bless your word. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, remove all encumbrances this morning. Lord, remove any thoughts or ideas that may hinder the message. Lord, I pray that my focus this morning can be on your word and the message you've laid on my heart. And Father, I pray for each person here, Lord, that whatever may be on their minds, whatever worldly and and earthly thought might be trying to penetrate their minds, Lord, that you fill their minds. Remove those worldly and earthly things. Fill their minds with you and Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever made this statement? Somebody comes and asks you how you're doing. About this time of year, they'll say, how are you doing? You might say, well, you know, if I can just make it through the holidays. You ever heard that? You ever said that? You ever heard something? You say, yeah, if I can just make it through the holidays. A lot of times what we tend to do is we tend to make the holidays, the Christmas season, burdensome. Do we not? 
I mean, we're all the time wondering and, and running from store to store trying to find the perfect gift for somebody. And, and what should be a joyous time really becomes a burden to us. That's a burden that we tend to place on ourselves. Sometimes it's a, it might, you might call it a joyous burden because I know a lot of people like to, like to shop and they like to get out in the crowds and they like to, to fight the crowds on Black Friday and all this other stuff. But, uh, but you know, we, we tend to, to make it a burden most of the time. If we can just make it through the holidays. Maybe that's your idea this evening, this morning. If I can just make it through the holidays. Now, maybe your burden, though, isn't just from trying to find that perfect gift. What if your burden is that the holidays tend to bring depression? They tend to bring some thoughts that are not so joyous. Maybe you've lost a loved one around the holidays and whenever Christmas time uh, arises, you're always reminded of that day when maybe you got the phone call that your mother, your father, your, your loved one, whatever the case may be, was no longer in this world. Maybe the holidays are burdensome because presently you might have just gotten laid off and you're wondering... How am I going to be able to provide a good Christmas for my family? How am I going to be able to provide a Christmas meal? And how am I going to be able to provide a, some Christmas gifts so that my, my children uh, will be joyous and have something to open underneath the tree? Maybe that's your burden. We tend to carry a lot of burdens around the holidays. Those are just a couple of examples. Maybe there's one other particular burden that, that I might not be able to think of, that I might not have named, but that you are thinking that, that this time of year, the trial that I'm going through right now is not fitting for the Christmas season, and so now you are feeling burdened. You know who else had a burden surrounding the Christmas season? That was Joseph. Joseph had a burden in that this woman that he was engaged to, married, before they, they're married, before they've had any intimate relationship, she is now pregnant. And there's a burden that would go along with that. This is a this time in which he's he's been waiting to uh, to take unto him Mary, his wife, and now it seems that it's going to be ruined because now she is with child. As we look at this this morning, this burden of Joseph, I, I believe that there's some things that we can take away to help us with some burdens that we might currently be going through. So number one, I want us to look at his character. Then number two, we're going to look at his calling. And then number three, we're going to look at his character. I'm sorry, we're going to look at his conduct. First, Number 18, we see his character. Begins, and he says, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Matthew is telling the, the beginning to tell the story of Jesus and his birth. It says it was like this. He says, Mary, his mother, was a spouse to Joseph. That means that they were engaged. An engagement period at this time would be about a year, at least a year or so. And what would happen is the uh, the man would... would, uh, would Usually, it was usually a arranged marriage, maybe a, 
a man might see a woman and he would go to their parents and, and they would make an arrangement for this marriage to take place. Or it could have also been that uh, Joseph's parents and Mary's parents had this arrangement back when they were children that they would get married. But usually it was an arranged marriage. The, the, uh, the husband or his family would provide a dowry, which would be a, a small amount of money to be paid to the uh, wife's family. And that would be like uh, the uh, an engagement ring, so to speak. Here's my pledge to you. If you will give me your wife or give me your daughter for marriage. And usually on their wedding day, it would be given to the wife and she would wear it as a crown around her head. It, the story of the um, lost coin would be that. And Luke's gospel where it talks about the woman sweeping her house, trying to find that one coin. That one coin is believed to be the dowry that would have been paid to her. It would have meant as much to her as uh, one's engagement ring or wedding ring would mean to one today. So that's usually how it would take place. And Joseph, no doubt, has been engaged to Mary for a while. And he's been working on a home for him. He's been working on getting a place prepared so that when they are finally married, they would have this place to live. And But before any of this could happen, something and from Joseph's perspective, would be tragic, burdensome. This woman that he has waited all this time to marry is now found to be with child. She now has a living being growing inside of her, a baby. But it says in verse number 10 that Joseph was a just man. That's part of his character. He was a just man. You say, what does that mean? It means that, that he was one that lived for God. Joseph was one that, that walked with God. He was one that was in the synagogues every Sabbath. He was one that whenever it was time to uh, make a sacrifice, he was there. Whatever the law required for him to do, he was there trying to physically do it. Why? Because he loved God. It says he was a just man. He was justified before the, the eyes of God. It really is what that means. To say it in modern day terms, Joseph was a saved man. He would, We would call him a Christian today. He was one that walked with God and wanted nothing to, more to do than to walk with God and live by faith in the God that has delivered him. He was a just man. He was also a compassionate man. It says, look, it says, and not willing to make her a public example. See, he was one that went by the law. He wanted to go by the law. He desired to please God. And the law at this time, uh, according to Deuteronomy chapter 22, allowed for his, the man to divorce the wife for whatever reason. He could have put her away. He could have divorced her. He could have said, you know, this is going to be too much for me. This is going to be too much to have another person's son being raised by me. Mary, you've wronged me. You have cheated. I just think we just need to call this whole thing off. And there would have been a process made and he would have put her away. Could have made her a public example. Listen, if he would have made her a public example, she would have been able to be stoned according to the law. 
It's not what Joseph wanted to do. He even thought about maybe putting her, it says, putting her away privately. Not bringing the courts in. Not bringing the law in, just saying quietly to her, Mary, it's best if we just part ways. He was compassionate to her, though. This crisis has arose, and he is seeking to do what is right. Let me ask you this question. When a crisis arises in your life, how do you respond? Do you, do you seek to, to do what, what you feel is right? Do you seek to do what other people tell you is right? This has happened, so you immediately go and, and you, you look to, to your friend. Perhaps, man, imagine if Joseph was alive today. And he goes to some of his buddies and he says, man, he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mary has got a baby coming and it's not mine. Couldn't you imagine? He would have been on Maury Povich <laughs> with this situation. You know, Maury was always famous for the paternity test. And, and the test proves the baby is not yours. And there would always be a fight break out. Those are some things that could have happened. He could have went to his friends and said, what should I do? And they should have said, man, you just need to get rid of her. She's got too much baggage. Don't take her. Go find you somebody else. Jo Joseph didn't do that. That tends to be what we do, though, isn't it? What should I do? Oh, man, you just need to kick her to the side. God wants you to be happy. You're not going to be happy raising somebody else's child, knowing what Jesus, knowing that what Mary has done. So just put her away. God wants you to be happy. No, my friend, God wants you to be right. God wants you to be just. God wants you to do what he wants you to do. How do you respond in crisis? God will use these people and use us if we are able to have these characteristics that Joseph had, a just man. See, God has a plan. We're going to look at the thing about this plan here in a moment. God has a plan. God has a plan and a purpose for each person that's here. And he is looking for somebody that bears the characteristics of Joseph. He can't use you if you are rebellious. He can't use you and bless you if you want nothing to do with him, if you are disobedient. He wants somebody to take up the mantle that is just and compassionate. God can't use somebody that is full of anger and wrath. God can't use somebody that is unjust and disobedient. He can't bless those types of people. And of course, these are characteristics. A just man, one that walked with God, a compassionate man. Joseph portrayed these characteristics and as Jesus lived his life, these are traits and characteristics that he too portrayed as well. He was just. He, in fact, the Bible says he will 
Reign with justness. Reign with righteousness. Rule with righteousness. He had compassion on the woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees come to him and they say, The law says this woman should be stoned. What do you say? He says, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Then he wrote something in the sand, and we still don't know what that was. But whatever he said and whatever he wrote was enough to make the Pharisees, the legalists, take those stones and throw them down. The character of a person that God is wanting to use is a just and compassionate person. What about his calling? Joseph had a calling on his life that is evident from what's being said in verses 20 through 23. He says, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. You see how it says Joseph was afraid to take Mary as his wife? This was a a fear to him. What would other people say? So it says, fear not. Maybe this morning you're here with some burden on your heart and you need to hear a message from God that says, fear not. Don't worry. He says, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Number one, Joseph's calling was about a person. It says that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This was about a person. This was about a Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just some person, though. A lot of people are born in the world, aren't they? Amen, yeah. We can easily say a lot of people are born. Billions of people in the world, a lot of people being born today. But as we think about Jesus, no person, no person was ever as special as Jesus. All the religious rulers that are, that are out there, all these people that started all these different religions, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, the Hindu religion, all these people that people flock to for these different religions, they cannot bear the same mark and they cannot bear the same testimony that Jesus Christ has. You say, what testimony is that? Is that Jesus Christ was not just a mere man. He was not a mere mortal. Jesus Christ was the everlasting Son of God. God made flesh come into this world to live a life of sinless perfection so that He can die for sinners such as you and me. Jesus Christ was the calling and the revelation of the person of Jesus that Joseph had on his life. Folks, listen. We as Christians, we have a calling on our life as well. Some of you are called to teach Sunday school and you're blessed with that. Some are called to uh, preach and some are called to uh, pastor, to be deacons and be uh, different uh, things within the church. Some are just called to be uh, laymen and just uh, work 
uh, normal jobs, school teachers and uh, doctors and all these other things. But there's one calling that we all have on our lives. And that is we are to reveal the person of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Some are called to stand in pulpits and preach publicly. But all of us are called to stand and tell the lost world about Jesus. So Dave, J- Joseph's calling was about a person. But what was the purpose of this person? I touched on it a minute ago. Verse number 21. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So first of all, Joseph's calling was about Jesus. But then it was about what Jesus is to do. And what Jesus has done and can do. And that is to save a lost and dying world. The Bible is plain and clear. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible is clear in saying that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the Bible is clear and it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're all sinners. We're all in need of a Savior. Why? Because one day we will all stand before God. And if we don't have the blood of Jesus Christ covering us, and if we don't have that personal relationship of Jesus with Jesus Christ, then when we stand before Jesus on that day of judgment, he'll say, depart from me. For I never knew you. But the purpose of Jesus was not to come into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. That's what this whole season is about. To remind us that Jesus Christ was born to save a lost world. This morning if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Make that right. Come to Jesus and say, Lord forgive me. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and save me and wash me and cleanse me from my sins. And the Bible is clear that if you do that, if you come to him in faith, the Bible says he will in no wise cast you out. This calling of Joseph was about a person and a purpose and a plan. Verse 22 through 23, he says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. A virgin shall be with child. This is prophecy given. I read it. I didn't read it. I heard a went to a youth conference many years ago. And it was in New Orleans uh, or Baton Rouge, I should say. And. Josh McDowell, he wrote he wrote a book. He's written several books, uh, More Than a Carpenter, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, things like this. Anyway, he was preaching and he gave this uh, statistic. I can't remember the exactness of it, but he said that the, the stats of one person fulfilling all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled just by chance, he said would be the equivalent of taking... 
silver dollars and stacking them so many inches high and covering the entire state of Texas like that. Then taking one of those silver dollars, scratching it, tossing it out into the middle of them, shaking it all up, wandering around for so long to reach down and the stats, the statistics of you picking up that scratched coin would be the same probability of one person just randomly fulfilling the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And folks, Jesus didn't fulfill just one prophecy. That's what the Gospels are about, especially Matthew. You see it all the time, written that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. Why? That it might be fulfilled. Because Matthew is writing to the Jews, and he's trying to show the Jewish people that Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies that were spoken of in the New Testament by him. A virgin shall be with child. Not a young lady, as some translations put it, but a virgin. Wouldn't be much of a sign or a prophecy fulfilled if just a young lady was with child. But it was a virgin that was conceived of the Holy, that had the Holy Ghost conceived in her, the Son Jesus. It would be a son. His name would be Emmanuel, which is God with us. So Jesus was more than a person. He was more than, he was God made flesh. And how did Joseph react? He was one that reacted in faith. He was one that realized that God was speaking to him and revealing this act. Revealing this person of Jesus to him. And so he reacted in faith to take on this burden. What's your burden this morning? As I mentioned, you could be here and maybe your burden is that the holidays just bring you down because you lost a loved one. Maybe this isn't your year because you were laid off at your job. Maybe just something bad is happening and, and the holiday season is uh, not making you feel joyous as you think you should be filled or be feeling. It's bringing you down. And this Christmas, you've just got a heavy burden. Joseph had a heavy burden, but he also at that moment had a calling on his life. This moment at the time of your burden, you've still got a calling on your life. And that calling is to get the message of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And Joseph, when he re revealed or received the message that God had given him through the angel, he received it in faith. And it no longer brought gloom to him. He no longer feared. But he received it and he went out and, and was more than happy to take upon this Burden. Whatever burden you're going through, Paul would write and say, Rejoice. In everything, I say, Rejoice. It's easy to rejoice in the good times. It's easy to rejoice when things are going bad or when things are going good. But it takes somebody that is truly walking with God to rejoice. 
when things are going down. From all appearance, Joseph had things going down. But he took the burden and bore it. His conduct, verses 24 and 25, reveal this. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. First of all, we see his conduct was one of submissiveness. He submitted himself to the will of God. See, taking Mary as his wife would have brought shame upon the both of them. Many rumors circulate, circulated then and circulate now as to really the what people would call the truth of Jesus' birth. We know the truth of Jesus' birth. It was conceived of the Holy Ghost. But many people that doubt say old Mary had a lover that Joseph didn't know about. Many will say that Mary and Joseph couldn't wait for their wedding vows. Then others would say that Jesus was a product of a Roman soldier raping Mary. Any of these things would have brought shame upon Joseph and Mary. But they knew it didn't matter what man would say about them. They were faithful not to man, but they were faithful to God. They could say with Paul, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So Joseph took the shame of bearing the message of Jesus. He took the shame of knowing that he was not the father of Jesus. He did as the Lord had commanded him. It says he raised from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. What an awesome example he is right now. Because as I think about it, a lot of times we get into burdens and what do we do? Knowing that God has a plan for us and that whatever we go through, God has allowed it to happen to us. But when we go through certain burdens and certain trials... One of the first things we try and do is, Lord, get me out of this. Lord, I don't want to go through this. I, 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 if I, will, I will do this if you just relieve me of this burden. We try and bargain with God. Just get me out of it. And I promise I'll do this. But really, a lot of times what we should do is stop trying to get out of what we're in and just, say, and just embrace it and say, this is the place that God has me. And he has got me here for a purpose. And through it all, thick or thin, bad or good, I'm going to proclaim and praise the name of Jesus. That's what Joseph decided to do. He forgot about the shame. And he submitted himself to God. This morning, maybe you're here and you're going through a burdensome time. And what you need to do is you just need to submit to God and say, Lord, I know that you're going to go through this with me. I know that you're going to see me through it. Give me strength to handle it and give me strength to praise you through it all. But then he was also surrendered. Look what it says in verse 25. It says, And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
even after they got married, it would have still been lawful for him to consummate that marriage. But prophecy must be fulfilled. A virgin was to be given birth. So he surrendered all of his rights and all of his privileges over to a holy God. Maybe this morning, that's what we need to be thinking about doing. You see, one word that is used to describe Christians throughout the scripture is servant. A servant could do nothing more than serve his master. All authority belongs to the master. And we serve the master. Put aside your what you think is your rights. Put aside what you think are your privileges. And say, Lord, what would you have me to do? How can I handle this burden in my life? For your honor and for your glory. So many times and we, we often we, we talk to people and I remember I, I was at one church, I was serving as associate pastor, and man, there was there was this one guy. Didn't matter what day of the week it was, if you asked him, How you doing? Oh my goodness. You know, a lot of people just lie and say, I'm doing good. But this guy took a chance to just unload everything. It's not a bad thing. But as children of God, do we have to be so gloomy about stuff? I mean, do we have to be so, I mean, but just as if we think that because we're Christians, we can't have fun and we can't laugh and, ha- and make jokes about anything. We all have to be serious a lot of times. There's time, listen, I believe what Solomon wrote. There's a time for uh, uh, to be serious. There's a time to uh, laugh. There's a time for everything. A lot of times we just get our times mixed up. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Whoever that was for, there you go. <laughs> but Joseph took this burden and he just didn't care what the world thought. Listen, we're so concerned about what the world thinks of us that we forget that we should be concerned about what Jesus thinks of us. Give you an example of this. There's a famous Christian singer. I can't really pronounce her last name, so I won't even try. But she uh, just came out and they asked her about homosexuality. Is homosexuality a sin? She said, "You know what? That's not for me to say. We'll let God be the judge on that." Listen, God's already judged about that. He says it's a sin. He says it's an abomination. But we are so easy to not want to offend anybody. That we are completely pushing the word of God out of our lives. Folks, listen. We can't serve God if we don't stand on the word of God. We need to be wholly and completely surrendered to this word. Why? Because we worship this word? No. But because we worship the God that gave us this word. You want to hear a word from God? Open your Bible. 
People are looking for extra biblical revelation to hear God speak to them. Listen, if you ain't hearing God in your Bible, you're not going to hear from him in your ears. Get to your Bible. Get to the Word of God. Get into the Word of God and say, what does the Word have to say? That's what truly matters. And when we get into the Word of God and we have a heart like Joseph, just and compassionate, wanting to walk with God, then our burdens will seem so much smaller. Our burdens will seem so much less. Because we compare them to God. And listen, my God is bigger than any burden I've ever had. He's bigger than any burden you've ever had. What might seem like a mountain to you is just a small little hill to God. And the Bible says that if we have faith, That we can remove mountains. Those burdens. Those trials. God will just see you through them. Joseph's burden. This evening. This morning. You have a burden. No doubt. You're letting it get you down this Christmas season. Give it over to God. And say, God, whatever you've got me in, I'm going to embrace. And I'm going to take it and use it for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before you do that, you must be justified before God. As Joseph was. And the way you're justified before God is to come to him by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Who came to this world and died for our your sins. That if you just put your faith and trust in Him. That's all you got to do. Just put your faith in Him. Just believe in Him. Come to Him in repentance and faith and say, Lord, forgive me. He forgives you. Picks you up out of that miry clay as the psalmist spoke about. And sets you on a solid rock. And that is Himself, Jesus. Would you do that? The biggest burden you've got is sin. And Jesus has overcome that for you. But you've got to come to him in faith. Whatever burden comes after that, Jesus can see you through it. And he can give you strength and guidance to overcome. So we stand to our feet. We'll have our final hymn of invitation. However the Lord's dealing with you this morning, let him have his will and way. Pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.